of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat, mending the nets. Immediately he called them. They left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. All right, good morning. Um, unfortunately, the sun isn't out, but uh, hopefully you have a good day today. Um, I want you to take a moment and think about the words of this hymn, the song we just sang, the poem that we just sang right now. And ask yourself if the words are true for you. For me, it's a hymn I have been singing around the house for two weeks. I don't know why, it just kept on coming to me. Maybe the answer for why I'm singing this song is in today's text and sermon. The words of the hymn echo Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 to 23, which says, which says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. When going through the readings today, or for today, I realized that they were all singing a similar tune. To follow the Lord, to focus on him, to cast away all worldliness, and put our minds towards Jesus. Essentially, telling us what Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says, it says, But seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all other things shall be added unto you. The disciples that Jesus called, James, Simon, Andrew, as soon as they were called, they seemingly answered the call so easily and then follow Jesus. They leave their nets, they leave whatever they're doing and turn around and follow Jesus. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm sitting in my office with a deadline coming up and Jesus walked into the room <laughs> and said, leave your work and come and follow me and I will make you fish for people. I would ask him, ask him with Jesus, are you going to pay me? How are we going to get the bills paid? <laughs> I need the money. <laughs> There'll be so many questions I'll probably ask him. I'm not going to be like these people. Essentially, the logical question here is why? Why should I leave the fish that feeds me? Why should I leave my work that feeds me? Why should I leave the worldliness behind 
and follow you. And I was, as I was going through the commentaries for today's text, the word that jumped out of the pages for me was faithfulness. And God said clearly to me that it's because of my faithfulness. I wouldn't want to leave my work and follow Jesus, but my work is not faithful to me. If anything happened to me tomorrow, they would replace me in a heartbeat. But I am irreplaceable in the plan of the Lord. I went on to Merriam-Webster and tried to find out what faithfulness meant. There were four definitions, but two of them stood out to me. The first was a firmness in adherence to promises and observance of duty. In other words, conscientiousness. So God is conscientious about me. That's what it means for God to be faithful. He adheres to the promises that he has concerning me. So when he calls me chosen, when he calls you chosen, when he says that you've been set apart, he truly means that. And he is not tomorrow, you're not going to try to call upon the Lord and he's now waking up from his sleep to find out, okay, yeah, what do you want? No. The Bible says that he who watches over Israel does not sleep nor slumber. So he is forever adhering and observing his duty concerning you. And that is why he calls us to follow him. Because he has never slept on our matter. He has never slept on the things that concern us. If you pick up your phone to call the Lord right now, he will answer. If you wanted to see him, even when it's pouring down cats and dogs like it's been doing lately, he's going to come. That is how much consensus he is. Says God is so serious about you and I that he does not waver on fulfilling every promise that he has concerning us. In other words, he will not disappoint you like your car if you run out of fuel. Your car will be at some point if you run out of fuel, it will stop working. But God never stops working. The word of God says that, yeah, he watches over Israel, he does not sleep nor slumber. So he's ever alert and firm about fulfilling the promises that he has said concerning me. The second definition says, a steadfastness in action and allegiance. In other words, loyalty. Faithfulness means God is loyal. He's not going to change sides. Not because you are good today and bad tomorrow, he's going to say, okay, I, I want to deal with this person. God's loyalty does not waver. He is a ride or die friend. He is ever consistent in remaining loyal to me, to you, and the things concerning you. And so it is for our own sakes that Jesus calls us to follow him. It's for our own sakes he calls us to draw into him, to be with him. Because every other thing in this world, no matter how consistent it has been over the world, will fail us. The stock market will fail us. It's been failing us a lot of times. So we cannot put a trust in that. Our friends will fail us. Our relatives will fail us. The sad thing about our world is that everything at one point will fail. And the authorship of today's song is still debated. However, one of the schools of thought purport that it was written by David when he was fleeing his son Absalom. Now, can you imagine your own child seeking to harm you because of power or greed 
your wealth. That was what David was enduring. And so it is no surprise that he tells us in the psalm to lean into God and to make God a stronghold because his own son, he couldn't trust. Now, I'm not here today to simply tell you to put your trust in God and put on him and call it a day because I would be a hypocrite to, to think that it's easy, it's hard. It's very difficult. It's very difficult for us to leave the world behind and the things that are tangible to follow a God that is pretty much intangible. You can't see him. You can't, you know, wake up on the, on the day and he is sitting right in front of you. So it's difficult. As a, and as logical human beings, it's not easy to do such a thing. But hopefully at the end of my sermon today, I would have made it a bit easier for you to deepen your relationship with the Lord. Now the first step you need to take in trusting the Lord wholeheartedly and understanding his faithfulness is to know him. You need to know the God that you serve. If you don't know God and you don't have an intimacy with him, it becomes very difficult to trust. It becomes very difficult to follow. None of us would want to go and sit and follow a stranger that we do not know. You only spend and, um, and follow people and be in the circles of people that you have intimacy with, that you talk with, that you converse with, that you know. And so one of the biggest steps that I took when I was younger, and I think pretty much I had no other option, was to know God and was to follow the Lord because I had no other option. How much time are you spending with God? And I want you to reflect on this. For some of us, we have to go back home and take our Bibles and dust it off. And we begin to read the pages from Genesis 1 and start to know this God that we come to church and we sing about and we talk about and we, we, we express feelings about. We need to begin a new journey with God with the intention of knowing Him. In my life, I have come to know Him as Jireh, as Provider as Elohim, as Adonai, as an almighty God, always on my side. He has never let me go. In Daniel chapter 11, verse 32, it says, He shall seduce with intrigue those who violate the covenant, but the people who are loyal to their Lord shall stand firm into action. In another version, it says, The people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. One thing when I was in college, if I didn't know my God, <laughs> I think there are so many things. I don't think I'll be standing here today. But I had to draw so much into him and ignore the challenges that I was going through, so much so that I knew how far the Lord was going to take me. The strength that we need, that you need to break through the many challenges that afflicts you, that afflicts us, is found in knowing God. I did a bit of research on the hymns authorship that the hymn we just sang in. The author is Thomas um, Chisholm, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. And the story behind the, the hymn truly inspired me and surprised me. Now you will think for the words that we just sung, and if you will take your, um, your insert and look at the words, if you look at it, you will think it's coming from somebody who is having a time of his life that the Lord has been so good to, that perhaps he has a nice home, he has a nice family, all things are good and well with him. He is talking about the faithfulness of God, how God has been good to him, how God's mercies endures forever, how his loving kindness, like there's this abundance of love in this hymn for God. 
But this man wrote this poem when he was down on his luck. His health had deteriorated to the point that he had to resign from being the minister in the Methodist church. He was so much in debt financially. There were so many things going around, wrong around him, but he sang of the faithfulness of God and held on to it. And when I closed my eyes, when we're singing this hymn, I could picture my mother barefooted walking with us to church. And she didn't mind that her slippers, that she couldn't. She couldn't, she didn't mind that she couldn't afford to fix her slippers. But she said that I am going to teach my kids how to love the Lord. And she held on to that faithfulness and took us to church, walking barefooted all the time to church and back. And we're living in the slums, and this is not in the village, this is in the city of Accra. But that really shows me a picture of God's faithfulness through my mom, through Thomas Chisholm, that we should hold on to. But they could only do this because they knew the God that they had served. Paul said that I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded. He was, Paul was so persuaded in the faithfulness of God. So do you know your God? And certainly, do you know what he says concerning you? I know what he says concerning me. You need to be acquainted with the promises of God to understand how faithful he is. I only follow people who have good intentions concerning me. And the way you know that someone has good intentions concerning you is what they say about you. In Jeremiah 29 verse 11, the Lord says, For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. So I know when I am walking anywhere that whatever I need, that the Lord has good plans for me. And so I'm going to follow him. What does the Lord, the Lord say concerning you? There were so many negative things that I heard concerning me growing up. From teachers, from relatives, some of them I cannot even repeat. From neighbors and even people I call friends. A lot of people doubting that I would ever make it out of the slum that we were born and raised in. And a lot of young people right now, right here, hear such negative things too. From bullies, from friends, from all sorts of people just trying to put you down. But in Isaiah chapter 60 verse 3, the Lord says, Nations shall come to my light, and kings to the brightness of my dawn. And so if anybody tells me that I'm incapable, I tell myself that nations shall come to my light, and kings to the brightness of my dawn. And I hope threaten me to that word, and I follow my Lord. And I think that that's what took me to New York multiple times, twice, to speak of the United Nations General Assembly. And not only that, but to work in the UN. And I'm not saying this as a way of selling my resume, but it is such an amazing thing when I look at my life and the faithfulness of God, and I implore you to know your God and know the promises he says concerning you. He says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, that you are a chosen race, a chosen people, a royal peaceful, a holy nation, God's own people, God's own special possession in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of our darkness into his marvelous light. That is what he has said about you. About young people right now, if you're listening to me, this is what he has said about you. 
It doesn't matter what the world is saying today. It doesn't matter what the world is calling you into today. If you will know your God and know his faithfulness and know his promises concerning you and follow him, you'll be a renewed person that is able to easily answer Jesus Christ when he comes calling, saying, follow me and I will make you fish for people. We need to go back to the word of God to know the God that we serve. And to know that he is jealously loving us and he is so faithful. So ladies and gentlemen, this is what will allow you to answer the call of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon.